0: we are forced to name chapter 7 quarry their shared daily ritual of lunch hour had transformed itself It was no longer a time for chatting, Azirafel eating whatever garbage the cafeteria was handing out that day, and Crowley smoking cigarettes to distract himself from such an unintentionally enticing display, and had become instead an opportunity for the two of them to get rather intimately acquainted with each other's mouths, and necks, and ears. There was a lot there to investigate. More than once, they got a bit carried away and had to stop abruptly, had to separate themselves and cool down for a minute or two, pink-faced, lips bruised and sore from kissing, trousers uncomfortably tight. It was torture. But it was so, so good. It turned out Aziraphale had exceptionally sensitive ears, a fact Crowley exploited mercilessly. He had discovered it after their first week of dating, when he had brought his hands up to trace over Aziraphale's temples as they kissed, brushed over the shell of his ears, tugged a bit on one earlobe while sucking Aziraphale's lip, and he had made such a noise, fuck, Crowley wanted to hear it again, so he replaced his hand with his mouth, gently traced the very tip of his tongue around the edge of Aziraphale's ear, pulled the lobe between his teeth and tucked just a bit, and Aziraphale melted against him, clutching at his shoulders and gasping out, Crowley, Crowley, Crowley! His name sounding so sweet in that mouth. By the time Crowley released his ear and sat back... "'Putting a few inches of space between them, "'they were both flushed, panting, and overwhelmed. "'So, um, sensitive ears?' "'He couldn't help but ask, the suggestive smirk on his face "'somewhat ruined by his swollen lips and bright, flushed cheeks. "'I suppose so,' Aziraphale answered, still trying to catch his breath, his flush creeping down past the stiff line of his collar, ears as red as his mouth. They both glanced down at his crotch, at the obscene tent that had formed and was taking its sweet time in coming back down. Crowley wanted nothing more than to bury his face in it. "'Oh, he was so fucked!' Aziraphale gave just as good as he got, very thoroughly took his revenge when he found out that Crowley had a particular weakness for being bitten and hard. He wanted marks, and after token hesitation, Aziraphale was only too happy to oblige. He didn't want to hurt Crowley, he had protested in the beginning, but the sounds Crowley made when Aziraphel sank his teeth into the side of his neck very quickly brought the blonde around. The purple smudges ringed Crowley's throat like some sort of terribly unfashionable necklace, bruises distinctly mouth-shaped, clear semicircles of tooth marks impressed into the soft flesh. He peacocked them around proudly, and sure, maybe no one would know they were from Aziraphel, It wasn't as though they were holding hands while they walked through the halls, their only time together spent sequestered away in some secret corner of campus where they wouldn't be disturbed or seen. But Crowley didn't care, because he knew whose mouth had put them there, had marked him up like a possession. And he loved it, wished the bruises would never fade, poked at them when they started to heal, just to feel that ache for a little longer, remind himself that Hazirafel wanted him. It was intoxicating. But it was also so goddamn frustrating. The weeks went on, and they saw each other every single day. They could make out for hours, hands skidding and gripping, shifting and grabbing with greedy fingers, and it had only gone beyond that just the once. Crowley would never push Aziraphale to do anything he didn't want to, but fuck. Kissing him was blissful, unquestionably, but the sexual tension was starting to get to him in ways he hadn't anticipated. It didn't matter how much he masturbated when Aziraphale wasn't around, how desperately he tried to purge his body of the impulse to ravish the thoroughly buttoned-up blonde. As soon as Crowley saw him again, all his efforts went out the fucking window, and he was right back where he had started. He was on edge, constantly, sharp and bright, and it nearly hurt how desperately he wanted Aziraphale but he saved all his self-control for their time together, spent all the rest giving in to any impulse which might soothe his racing mind, if only for a moment. Which is how he had wound up where he was right now. The sharp biting air of a November evening, a welcome sting against his face, veins just starting to feel thick and sluggish with alcohol, two towns over, standing at the edge of a quarry and thinking, huh? For bragging rights. Taking a step closer, leaning over to check the drop, he was interrupted by an abrupt blare of sound, a tricolored light flashing in the semi-dark. Cops. Fuck. Please step away from the quarry. A crackling loudspeaker, a voice that expected obedience. Crowley, mentally shrugged and stepped back from the edge, turned himself around, hiding the flask he was holding under the back of his jacket. "'I'm gonna have to ask you to come with me to the station, son.' A tall, ugly blond man was stepping out around the cruiser door, flashlight in one hand, the other resting near his holstered weapon. "'What? Why? Not doing anything illegal?' Crowley put on his best innocent face, showed off white, guileless eyes. The cop looked at him incredulously, eyes narrowed. This is a private property here, and I got reports of someone matching your description driving like a maniac. I'll just bring you in, call your parents and they can come get you, huh? No harm done. A chill crawled slowly up Crowley's spine. Call his parents. Now, if you resist me, I'll have to use force, and neither of us want that, right? Just come with me, and nothing bad is gonna happen to you. The officer flashed a crooked, toothy smile Crowley assumed was meant to be comforting, but ended up feeling more like a threat. He resisted the urge to shift his weight between his feet tucked the flask into the back of his jeans before shoving his hands nonchalantly into his pockets. Yeah, all right then. As long as they didn't handcuff him, it wouldn't go on his record, right? It wasn't official, he wasn't in real trouble. Yet, a traitorous part of his mind suggested. Can you tell me your name, son? Anthony he said quietly, bitten off at the end like he hoped the officer might not hear it. All right, Anthony, would you happen to be carrying any weapons? Guns, knives, anything I should know about? Crowley thought of the flask pressed against his lower back, burning against his skin. No. As he made his way over towards the flashing lights of the car, he realized something and stopped short. My bike? You can come back and get your bike later, the officer assured him, opening the rear door of the cruiser and guiding Crowley in with a hand between his shoulder blades. The ride to the station was quiet, Crowley idly looking around the back of the car and then focusing his gaze out the window, watching trees and houses slip by, lights flickering on, families sitting down to dinner. The station smelled like cigarettes and instant coffee and the way old laundry sometimes did, like sweat crusting on a forgotten shirt. Crowley sat obediently, waited with more patience than he had shown for anyone but Hazirafel in years. He absolutely could not afford to fuck this up. A second officer joined the first one, a bright young-looking thing, smooth brown hair pulled back into a high ponytail. She introduced herself as Sandy, told Crowley her partner's name was Mark. "'Can you tell us what you were doing out there, Anthony?' Crowley made careful, steady eye contact. Just went for a drive, thought I'd check out the old quarry. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have someone we can call to come and pick you up? She offered him a smile, warm and broadcasting, you're safe with me, you can tell me anything. It made Crowley's skin crawl. Well, there's... there's my dad. He offered, knew there was no way around it. And can you give us a number for him, so we can call and let him know you're here? Oh, he... he travels. For work, yeah. Won't be home for a while, probably. And it's just me and him, so... He shrugged, prayed they would let him go without tracking down his father first. I see. And there's no one else? Crowley kept himself still, refused to give them the satisfaction of seeing him shift nervously. Ah, uh, no. Just us. Me and my dad. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we can't let you leave the station until we can contact someone to come and pick you up. Oh. Crowley's heart sank. Wait. There's, a, uh, there's my cousin. Yeah, I can call him and he can... "'He can come pick me up, right?' "'Sure, hon. Just give us the number and we can call him right now. How's that?' "'Oh, uh, can... can I call him instead? I don't want him to freak out or anything, you know?' Her smile turned slightly brittle, but she nodded, led him over to a bank of phones along one wall of the station, gave him a quarter.' He dialed, held his breath as the line rang, an authoritative, You've reached the holiest residence, may I ask who's calling? Crowley didn't recognize the voice, but that didn't surprise him. Yeah, hey, it's uh, Crowley. Listen, is Aziraphale there? I really need to talk to him. There was a long pause, a shuffling sound and then a blessedly clear, Hello? and Crowley had never felt such intense relief in his life. "'Hey, Aziraphale. Listen, uh, do you think you could bring Gabriel or something and come get me? I'm at the, um, Cobston police station, and they won't let me leave without an adult relative.' Cobston Police station? Crowley, we aren't even related!' I know, I know, but please, Aziraphale, they can't reach my dad. I really... I need your help here. A prissy huff, so very Aziraphale. Fine, I suppose I'll see you soon then. And a click. It took him a long time to get to the police station, and Crowley was helpless to do anything but watch the plastic wall clock as the minutes ticked by, Mark and Sandy thankfully leaving him well enough alone. He watched as ten, twenty, thirty-five, forty minutes crawled by before a familiar face walked in, eyes searching. Crowley! He rushed over, grabbed Crowley's face in his hands, turning him this way and that as though checking for injuries, palpably angry, but still so worried about him. Ah, hey, Aziraphale, Gabriel. He nodded at the man standing close behind the blonde, still wearing that fake smile and still dressed in that slick grey suit, a large wool coat folded over one arm. Crowley. The greeting was exceedingly neutral in tone, but Crowley got the distinct feeling that Gabriel was disappointed in him, and irritated about being dragged out here to rescue him. Gabriel dealt with Sandy and Mark, signing whatever paperwork they needed with a flourish, before tucking Crowley under his arm, pulling him along to the exit like one might a disobedient dog. Appropriate for pretending to be a relative picking up an unruly youngster from the police, Crowley supposed, but it felt distinctly threatening. Not three minutes into their drive back home, Crowley realized his bike was still at the quarry and broke the tense silence to ask Gabriel very politely if he wouldn't mind turning around to bring him to it. Gabriel's hands flexed on the steering wheel, but he said nothing, just turned the car around and kept on. It was completely dark outside by now, and so quiet inside Gabriel's car, Crowley felt like he was suffocating. All he could hear was the road under the tyres, the occasional tick of Gabriel's turn signal, the carefully calm, controlled breathing from the front seat. "'He wanted to say something, anything, but he knew Aziraphale was mad at him "'and he didn't want to start a fight in front of Gabriel. "'That would be far too embarrassing for both of them. "'They pulled up to the quarry, the headlights of the car slicing through the dark, "'showing off the scratched-up left side of the bike in painful detail, "'the duct tape holding the left-hand mirror in place, "'shadows harsh and exaggerated in the bright wash of light.' Crowley got out, walked hesitantly over to the passenger door, waited for Aziraphale to roll down the window enough to hear him. "'Thank you for... well, thanks. "'Ala, I'll talk to you later.' Hesitant, stumbling, wanting so desperately to have not fucked this up beyond repair. The blonde said nothing, just made an, "'I'm angry with you!' face that Crowley wasn't all that unfamiliar with, though usually he could manage to talk his way out of it. But not right now. Not with Gabriel sitting right there, listening to every word. Crowley nodded, stepped away from the car, heard more than saw it pull away, tires crunching over gravel as he mounted his bike. Well, fuck Crowley didn't even bother to pretend he was planning to drive home. No, he was going to go straight to Aziraphale's house, was going to sneak around the back and hopefully be able to figure out which window led to his room so he could throw rocks at it like a stupid rom-com or something. It was surprising that he hadn't done something like that already, hadn't snuck over to Aziraphale's house to see him. But they'd been friends long enough before they'd started dating that Crowley's sleeping over had become almost commonplace, and there was really no reason to be so secretive about it, if he wanted to stay the night, which he had, in fact, done since they had started dating, still carefully leaving Aziraphale alone in his bed and contenting himself with a nearby couch. Besides, Aziraphale had told Crowley that he didn't want to tell his family, wasn't ready to come out yet, and that was fine by him. They were still tiptoeing around, still feeling out the edges of this thing they had, and Crowley hadn't wanted to be the one to push it, but now he'd gone and forced his own hand. Aziraphale's house, mansion, was the same looming white monstrosity in the dark, paint so stark and clean it almost seemed to fluoresce in the night, as though it absorbed sunlight during the day and glowed in the dark. It was fucking creepy, if Crowley was being honest. He carefully picked his way onto the property, scrambling over the black-wrought iron fence and running in a crouch over the perfectly kept grass, already stiff with early frost, past a tiny greenhouse that he had never noticed before. He and Aziraphale should go there sometime, he thought to himself, have another picnic maybe. He reached the corner of the house, stared up at the no less imposing backside of it with a twinge of anxiety. What if Azirafel refused to see him? What if he accidentally picked the wrong window and got one of his siblings instead? He slunk around the structure, picked the window he was pretty sure was Azirafel's, and risked throwing a tiny pebble at the dark glass. It pinged off and Crowley waited a moment. No response. He tried again, a slightly larger pebble this time, one that made a satisfying clicking noise as it bounced away. If Raphael was in his room, it would definitely get his attention. The window was roughly thrown open, a familiar blond head poking out into the dark and glaring downwards. "'What do you want, Crowley?' he whispered harshly, Clearly angry, but mindful of his siblings and the late hour. We gotta talk, Aziraphale. Can I come up? No, you most certainly cannot. Please, just for a minute, I promise, and then I'll leave. Crowley could see Aziraphale wavering. He had learned not to press his advantage in times like these. It was better to wait for the blonde to talk himself into it. Fine. His head disappeared back into the room. Crowley clambered up, the window sill, just above his head from the ground, high enough that he had to jump slightly to get a good grip on the frame, and then wiggle himself up and over it rather ungracefully. What do you want, Crowley? I am very angry with you right now. I just wanted to apologise, you know, and... Uh... To thank you again for getting me out of that whole mess. I really, uh, really owe you one. Aziraphale sighed, sounding exhausted. I worry about you, Crowley. You know I do, and then you go and do things like this. Call me up at 9pm to say you're in a police station in a town 30 minutes away, and what am I supposed to think? I... "'I'm sorry. I said I was sorry.' "'He dropped his chin, chastised. "'I don't know what else you want from me.' "'What were you even doing out there, "'and how on earth did the police get involved?' "'I was just driving around, "'thought I might go take a look at the old quarry. "'Heard it was pretty cool.' "'He kicked the ground lightly,' "'digging the toe of one boot into one of the carpets "'Aziraphale had scattered around the room. "'Are you lying to me right now, Crowley?' "'His arms were still crossed tightly over his chest, "'but his face had softened a bit, and he looked more tired than angry. "'Crowley's head shot up at that. "'No, I'm not... I wouldn't!' but he could see that Aziraphale didn't believe him, wasn't satisfied with his answer. He dropped his gaze again, muttered, "'You wouldn't understand.' Towards his feet, regretting the words even as he gave voice to them. "'Fucking night time, making Crowley feel safe, making him act stupid and vulnerable.' He should have planned out this conversation in advance, but he had just been so desperate to get to Aziraphale and apologize before this turned into an actual fight, and now he was paying for it. I might, if you try and explain it to me. Crowley cuffed a hand through his hair, resting the urge to pull, to make himself focus with just a tiny bit of pain. He swallowed. Sometimes I just... I just feel like I'm going so fast and I can't even try to stop myself. Like, nothing I do matters at all because I can't... I can't change anything. It's just so frustrating and no one seems to fucking care. And sometimes I just get like... like this itch under my skin and I have to do dumb shit, like drinking too much or driving too fast or starting fights. Aziraphale was silent, and Crowley refused to look at him, didn't want to see dawning understanding become disgust, becoming pity. His heart was racing, reminded him, you're alive, you're alive, you're alive, with each beat. And, not for the first time, he wished it would just shut up for a bit. I know it's stupid, and it's reckless, but I never planned to... I mean, I never thought I'd live to see my twenties anyway, and sometimes, sometimes doing dangerous, stupid shit makes me feel like it actually matters, like we're not all just put here to die, like maybe there's something out there worth living for, and if I just throw myself at it hard enough, maybe I'll be able to reach it. Raphael made a small hurt noise, and Crowley wanted to go to him, to pull him in close and take the words back, pull them out like splinters, fix the hurt he could see on that lovely soft face. I, I'm sorry, Aziraphale. I'm just a fuck up. I know I am, and I know, I know you don't understand that. And it's okay, really, but you asked, and that's the best truth I can offer you. Crowley! He sounded on the verge of tears, and Crowley's heart squeezed in his chest, his lungs compressing down to the size of his fist. No, 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 look what you've done. It's all fucked up now. You've fucked it up, and you can't take it back. Crowley felt his arms reaching out to comfort before he thought better of it, pulled them down to his sides, hands balled into fists, kept the mess that he was to himself. So, uh, I guess I'll just... His voice was rough, his own tears threatening, bleeding through into his words. He cleared his throat, jerked his thumb over his shoulder toward the window behind him. I'll just... Go then." He made to turn around, but was stopped by a harsh, desperate grip at his elbow, wide blue eyes brimming with tears staring at him beseechingly. "Please, please don't!" And that was enough. That would always be enough. "I won't. Not ever. He wasn't talking about just tonight, hoped Aziraphale knew that. He continued, so, so quiet. Not unless you ask me to. It was nearly midnight after all. The appropriate time for confessions, for admitting the kinds of things that one told themselves they might never say. Would you do something for me? Anything, angel. He knew he sounded pathetic, didn't even care. Any time you feel like that, please, just come. I'll help you, please, just don't... Don't run away from me. Crowley dropped his gaze to the floor, could feel his fingernails digging into the flesh of his hands as his fists tightened at his sides. I can't. I can't promise that. I... I'll try. But I can't... It's not... Just try for me. Please. Raphael, you can't... You can't fix me. I'm not... I'm just a fucked up person, okay? I've been like this my whole life. God knows I wish you could fix it, but you can't. You just... Fucking can't Crowley, that's not... I don't want to fix you. I just... I just want you to be safe. God, but it hurt to hear him sound like that. Like he knew he was powerless. Like he was standing up single-handedly to fight an entire storm system. Knew it was impossible, but was so determined to try for him, for Crowley, notorious disaster that he was. No one had wanted that for him, not in his whole entire goddamn life. No one had been willing to stick around long enough to try. He could feel his face folding, cheeks pulling up and brows pulling down, trying to squeeze his eyes shut tight enough to stop the tears that wanted to spill over onto his cheeks.' The hot drip of them felt like lighter fluid, like he was combustible, the slightest spark a threat to his very soul. It hurt. Crowley! Aziraphale had stepped towards him, wrapped him in lovely soft arms and squeezed until Crowley was worried he might crack a rib, but it felt right. Satisfied that itch. He dropped his head to Aziraphale's shoulder, let himself be held, just a bit, huffing out between wet breaths and trying so hard not to cry all over Aziraphale's doubtlessly expensive pyjamas. Crowley stepped away after a minute, the sheer overwhelming tenderness of the gesture too much for him. Aziraphale... He didn't know what he was going to say, but it didn't matter anyway, because Aziraphale had grabbed his face in those warm hands and pulled them back together until he could kiss Crowley, kiss his lips and his nose and the tears from his cheeks. It was just so fucking much, Crowley didn't think his body was built to handle it. His entire chest ached, like his squeezed lungs and heart had expanded to overfull, threatening to crack open his ribcage and keep going, expose the very softest parts of him to air. His palms ached, too, that ache like when you've been holding your breath too long, and he brought them up to hold Aziraphale to tie himself to that softness. It felt like breathing again, like finally breaking the surface of the sea to see the sky. Fuck. The kisses had been soft, sweet, but as soon as Crowley brought his hands up, they became hungry, gasping things. Aziraphale immediately started pushing him backwards, towards the bed, shoving at his jacket with grabby hands, couldn't seem to keep himself from running his palms over any part of Crowley he could reach. It felt good, felt like being known. Fucking sob. It was a familiar enough dance, by now, but there was an unexpected edge of urgency to Aziraphale's movement, like he had a destination in mind. Not that Crowley minded, no, not at all, but he didn't want the blonde to feel he had to do this now, had to offer himself up to prove something to Crowley. Az... He was cut off with a kiss. Aziraphale, we don't... Another kiss... We don't have to do this right now. I want to. His blue eyes blazed in the dark of the room, serious and so, so sincere. Well, who was Crowley to deny him? Azirafel waited for him to clumsily step out of his boots "'before pushing him back onto the bed, "'crawling over him, cupping his face in those soft hands, "'kissing and kissing and kissing. "'It was so good, Crowley managed to forget for a moment "'that Aziraphale wanted more. "'But then Aziraphale's hips dropped down "'and a high-pitched groan was pushed into his mouth, "'too loud for the time of night.' Crowley hated that he had to say it, wanted nothing more than for Aziraphale to be as loud as possible, wanted him shouting with it. His hand slid down, carefully, grabbed at the swell of Aziraphale's backside, dug his fingers in and pulled down towards his own straining hips as best he could with four layers of clothing between them. Aziraphale made another noise, more like a whimper, high and soft, still offered up like a gift into Crowley's mouth. He drank it up hungrily, ground them together, as though, if he could only get them close enough, they might melt into one. Aziraphale shifted slightly backwards, hands reaching between his own legs, tugging at the button and zip of Crowley's jeans. Let me... "'Let me see you.' Crowley couldn't help his groan at that, couldn't help the way his spine arched up, hips flexing underneath the body seated over top of him. Aziraphale pulled his cock out reverently, tested the heft of it against his palm, made a cautious, loose circle around it and gave a tentative stroke, wide eyes flickering up to look at Crowley's face as he did so, tightening his fist and moving with a bit more purpose when he received an encouraging nod. Crowley dropped his head back to the bed and groaned, tried to trap the noise inside his mouth before it could get too far away from him. His own hand scrambled the front of Azirafeld's soft sleep trousers, untied them and went to get his hands under the waistband, met with no resistance at all from the blonde in his lap. Fuck, Aziraphale. Aziraphale just nodded in agreement, panting already, cheeks a delectable pink visible even in the dark, eyes wild and locked on Crowley's stick sliding in and out of his fist. Crowley finally got a good look at Azirafel, his wrist holding the pyjamas out of the way, exposing the delightfully flushed curve of his cock, just peeking out of its foreskin, a bead of fluid swelling at the tip as Crowley adjusted his grip. Raphael whimpered again, couldn't seem to stop himself from making broken, high-pitched noises as both their hands worked steadily, and it was uncomfortably dry, but it didn't matter, because it was Raphael, and he was touching him. Shit, but it was so good. So much better than anything else he had tried, anything he could have thought up himself. Fuck. Aziraphale, oh, oh, Christ! Fuck me! Please, fuck me! Aziraphale's hand stopped, and so Crowley's hand stopped, and they stared at each other for a tense second. Crowley opened his mouth to take it back, but Aziraphale preempted his spluttering, a curious look on his face. But, but we are both boys. Crowley wanted to scream with frustration. How did he not know? How was he so fucking innocent? I'll show you. I can show you. Can I show you? He was begging, already stupid with it, lost in thoughts of configuration and preparation and... 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 Raphael sat back, shifting out of Crowley's lap and releasing his hold on Crowley's cock. Please? He sounded intrigued, like this particular act had never even occurred to him, and Crowley couldn't get his jeans off fast enough, wiggling around on the bed like a maniac, struggling with the tight material. Jesus fucking Christ, why did he wear these things? Aziraphale couldn't help but laugh at the sight, and Crowley wasted a second feeling embarrassed before realising how utterly ridiculous he must have looked, and joining in, finally managing to kick the damn things off into the dark of the room. He rearranged himself on the bed, until his back was propped against the veritable mountain of pillows Aziraphale kept, knees up and opened wide, hips pushed forward obscenely, bearing himself to the room. Aziraphale shuffled up, settled himself between Crowley's feet, still fully clothed, began to run his hands softly up and down Crowley's legs, palms cupping his sharp kneecaps, and then trailing gently down to caress the jut of his ankle, circling back and around, over and over. Crowley brought a hand down between his legs, couldn't help but grip himself for a moment, giving a few good strokes before he let his hand slip lower, watching as Aziraphale's eyes widened, looking equal parts aroused and mortified at the sight of Crowley touching himself here, two fingers gliding across his tightly furled opening, just the barest suggestion of pressure, rubbing between his cheeks. Oh, damn. Crowley's fingers paused. Ah, uh, hey, Aziraphale, you wouldn't happen to have any, um, any, uh, lube around here, would you? Crowley choked out, ridiculous that he was sitting here in front of Aziraphale, fingers up against his own asshole, and couldn't manage to say the word lube without verbally stumbling around it. But Aziraphale didn't seem perturbed, eagerly scooted to the edge of the bed to rummage through a tiny chest of drawers he kept next to it, balancing precariously atop a stack of books, because of course it was. Ah! He made a triumphant noise, tossing the little bottle to Crowley, who looked at it with no small amount of surprise. The bottle was new, but it had definitely been used, and Crowley needed a minute to make room for that in his brain. The thought of Aziraphale using this on himself, touching himself, and fuck, what if he had thought about Crowley while he did it? You, you have lube. Really fantastic observation there, Crowley. You're doing so great with the whole communication thing. Aziraphale blushed violently, settled himself back between Crowley's legs for optimal viewing, wouldn't meet Crowley's eye when he nodded, looking rather guilty. I... well, if you must know, I was having some trouble with, um, thumb- chafing, and all the books said to get loop for it, so I did, and... Crowley couldn't help his laugh at that, the idea of Aziraphale masturbating so furiously and so often, he chafed, consulting some ancient, dusty tome on how to best ease his way. And... He couldn't help prompting, if only to see that blush darken and spread, straining his ears and his neck a delicious pink. It... it helped... Another helpless laugh, and Crowley was sure he'd never laughed while propped open for someone like this, had to compensate for the sudden surge of self-consciousness by dumping way too much lube on his fingers and shoving them back between his legs. He kept his eyes closed, head tilted back, knew he wouldn't be able to handle watching Aziraphale watch him. Even the thought alone made his cock twitch against his stomach. He would take this slow, he decided, give Aziraphale a real show. He traced the pats of his two fingers over himself, hypnotic circles just to get his body used to the feeling, that always unfamiliar pressure. The sensation wasn't new to Crowley, but it had been a while since he had last done this, with himself or anyone else. With each pass of his fingers he pressed a little harder, dipped the tip of one finger in just a little bit further, until it sank in up to the first knuckle, and he decided he'd had enough of teasing himself, even if it was for Aziraphale's benefit. Aziraphale sucked in a gasp as Crowley's finger pushed in deeper, most of the way to the second knuckle, before pulling back out, collecting the loop spread around his hole and easing in again, further still. Aziraphale's hands had stopped that gentle tracing of Crowley's shins and had shifted to grip at his knees, as though worried Crowley might snap them closed, deprive him of the sight of Crowley fingering himself open. For him. Crowley couldn't help the groan that slid out of him as he pressed a second finger in alongside the first, the same pattern of carefully increasing the depth, the stretch pleasant and strange, but easier like this. Once he had gotten two fingers buried to the hilt inside himself, wrist bent awkwardly and hand just starting to cramp, he risked opening his eyes. Aziraphale was enraptured, the flush of arousal creeping down past the collar of his pyjamas, eyes bright and locked firmly on Crowley's hand between his legs, one of his own hands having abandoned its post on Crowley's knee in order to tuck gently at his cock, hand moving unmistakably within his pyjamas like he couldn't help himself. Oh, fuck, Crowley whispered, with feeling. I'm almost, ah, ready, and then you, you can, oh, holy shit. Aziraphale had moved his other hand from Crowley's knee and was using it to trace where Crowley was stretched around his own fingers, the same way he had done in the beginning to acclimate himself. Christ, if you keep that up, I'll come, I swear I will. Crowley was whimpering now, sounded utterly wrecked as Aziraphale kept up the soft brushing of his fingers. Crowley managed to cram a third finger in himself, decided that was quite enough of that, and pushed Aziraphale downwards until he could clamber over on top of him and straddle his hips. He reached with greedy fingers back towards Aziraphale's cock, then paused for a moment and dropped his head. Um mm, condom. We should use a condom.' "'He looked back up at Aziraphale, hair riotous, lips bitten and pink, "'and he wanted nothing more than to kiss him again, "'would have if it wasn't for the stricken look on his face. "'Oh, I, um, I don't have any, a thought.' "'He sounded hurt, and for a second Crowley was confused,' dazedly trying to figure out why Aziraphale would be upset about using a... Oh, right. Monogamy. Oh, no, that's not... It's fine. It's just meant for the... uh, mess. But I'm not... I mean, I haven't... It's just you. Not the most eloquent, but to be fair, most of the blood in his body did not care that he was trying to think and refused to divert itself back up to his brain. "'Well, you can't get pregnant, so I didn't think we—' fell, paused for a moment, seemed to reconsider. "'Can you?' Crowley burst into laughter, Crumpling forward against the blond pajama-clad chest, nope, <laughs> absolutely zero risk of pregnancy here. He managed to get out between gusts of breathless snickers that were probably too loud, but he couldn't help it. Aziraphale sighed in relief, sending Crowley into another fit of giggles. He would have kept laughing, too, if he hadn't felt Aziraphale's cock brush against the inside of his thigh, the small smear of wetness it left behind throwing him back into arousal at a speed that nearly gave him whiplash. Right, yes, fucking. He grabbed the lube again, slicked himself and Aziraphale over, then looked up, locking eyes with the blonde. Good, yes, ready he was breathless with both laughter and arousal and wasn't that a new feeling but he couldn't focus on it crouched over the curve of Aziraphale's dick as he was reaching a hand to position it against himself he shuddered at the feeling that broad blunt head nudging up against him Aziraphale just nodded, brought his hands up in a vice grip around Crowley's hips as he sank slowly downwards. Crowley hoped it would leave bruises. It took a bit of maneuvering, they'd got the angle wrong in the beginning and had to adjust, but, oh, once Crowley had sunk down to the hilt, could feel the soft material of Aziraphale's pyjamas against the underside of his thighs – That was it. He began to rock, slowly, not quite fucking himself down onto Aziraphale, but riding him, rolling his hips forward and back, one hand on the centre of Aziraphale's chest to balance himself, trying so hard to keep quiet despite the liquid fire his blood had become, the molten glass feeling in his gut, the heat and press of Aziraphale thick inside him. Aziraphale reached down between them with still curious fingers, down to where Crowley had opened so beautifully for him, stretched tight and smooth. "'Does it... does it hurt?' he asked, eyes wide, looking nearly afraid. Crowley shook his head, body trembling, eyes squeezing shut as Aziraphale traced over his rim, the sensitive skin sparking with the feeling. Fuck. Nose. Feels good. Really good. But it's so tight. He sounded wondrous. Fuck. (laughs) Words were hard. Crowley adjusted his knees, crouched over Aziraphale, the change in angle making his whole body flush with pleasure, finally lifting himself up, body clenching against the loss before he slid back down again. Fuck, you feel so good, Angel. He began fucking Aziraphale in earnest, bouncing enough to make the bed squeak underneath them, springs compressing with every drop of Crowley's hips. It wasn't very long before Aziraphale started whispering urgently, pushing his hips up to meet Crowley with every downstroke. Crowley! Crowley! I think I'm... I think I'm about to... Just the thought of it sent a shiver down Crowley's spine, and he dropped down harder, faster, rocking them together until the frame of the bed began to sway as it squeaked, both of them utterly uncaring of the absolute racket the damn thing was making. He leaned himself forward, panting encouragement to the body beneath him, urging Aziraphale onward, begging him to come. Aziraphale's grip on him shifted, forced Crowley to lean back, and suddenly his spine was straightening as though he had been shocked. Oh, fuck. That was the ticket, Aziraphale's fat cock rubbing against his inside so perfectly, stretching him wide, the head just nudging his prostate in the best way. He was definitely being too loud, but he did not fucking care at all anymore. His hand rushed to his cock, not gripping, just holding it between his thumb and two fingers, gently pulling the skin over and around the tip, massaging the leaking head. Aziraphale made a high, whining noise when he came— His attempts to stem the sound resulting in something that sounded vaguely like a broken kettle whistle, choppy squeaks interspersed with near-silent gulps of air. His hips rolled against Crowley as he bore it, shaking and curling forward, the soft swell of his stomach juddering under his pyjama shirt, now damp with sweat.' Crowley rode him through it and rolled off as soon as the tension had left Raphael's body, as soon as the hands on his hips relaxed their grip. Immediately lying back, he pulled his knees up and apart, shoved three fingers into himself and started fucking them in roughly, his other hand vising around his dick, and he couldn't get the angle right like this, but he was so close, he just needed... he needed... Aziraphale had turned onto his side, eyes wrapped on Crowley, chest still heaving with exertion. He reached a hand cautiously over Crowley's hip, moving down towards his thighs, slipping inwards as he went. "'Can I?' Crowley released a punched-out noise, coming hard before Aziraphale's fingers had even fully crept between his legs. "'They lay there a minute,' both still panting, mess of the bed be damned, until Crowley had collected himself enough to roll halfway onto his side and press a kiss to Aziraphale's lips, tender and soft like he would normally never let himself be, the way he was just for Aziraphale. So, started Crowley, not wanting to break the silence, but feeling like he had to say something. That was... "'Hm?' Mm? Raphael had tucked his head under Crowley's chin "'and was softly dragging his fingers along Crowley's sides under his shirt, "'newly streaked with cum. "'He glowed with contentment. "'We should do that again.' "'What now?' "'Crowley couldn't keep the incredulity out of his voice, "'wondering what kind of monster he'd unleashed here. "'No, not now.' Crowley could practically feel him blush. But definitely again. Aziraphale sounded so blissful, body relaxed and loose on top of Crowley, didn't appear to mind the sticky mess both of them were quickly cooling into. If Crowley were honest with himself, he didn't particularly mind either. He rather liked being marked by Aziraphale, especially in this way. His overfull heart was slowing in his chest, and he brought his arms up around Aziraphale, tucking them in close together. He would have to leave soon, he knew. He couldn't stay forever, no matter how much he might want to. But for now, this was enough.